Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Trek Culture Podcast. We are your hosts, Sean and Tom, and we will be joined by a very special guest quite soon, but you will have to wait and see, presuming we didn't put him on the thumbnail. Tom, how are you this morning? I'm great. Yeah, I'm tired. I've got lactose-free iced coffee next to me, and I'm raring to go. Excellent. Cool. I too am a little bit sleepy. I'm still seeing the world in that, you know, that shocked feeling of, ah, I'm awake. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I'm very much there. Uh, I did have a mental dream that I feel I need to tell people about because everyone was in my dream. And I mean, everyone. Oh, um, I don't really know what the context of the dream. I know it went from a house party at my grandmother's house to a totalitarian state where, um, like, vampires and demons and for some reason admiral layton from homefront and paradise lost were there like we were all kind of like in a muddy field until we weren't but we were the ones who had more freedom it was an <laughs> odd dream tom mm. it was an odd dream most of my dreams just are uh, sort of travel anxiety dreams they're really annoying it's just me trying to get from point a to point b and it not going well would you be the kind of person that if I was to tell you travel horror stories, would it actually make you feel better? Or would it be like, oh, no, that's going to add to my anxiety? It would add to my anxiety because it would be what I think is going to happen. <laughs> Let me tell you about the time I was leaving our co-presenter, Brie, in Pensacola. I won't do that because you're my friend. Um, with that said, shall we dive into this week's episode of Lower Decks? Yes, yes. So obviously you've done a ups and downs about this episode. Episode five. Can you read that? (laughs) Only because I had to a few times. Empathological fallacies. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wrote it down and just looked at it now and I'm not even going to attempt to do that. It's like someone was really on for the high word score in Scrabble. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, as, as people might not know, 
Um, I try to steer clear of your ups and downs before the episode, so I have more of a fresh idea of of what you think about it. But what did you think about it? Um, it is an episode that I love every scene with Talyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really liked the the Zoids, the the three dignitaries, um, and. It's definitely one of the like a wacky episode of it. Um, I I had a lot of fun with it. Not the most amazing episode of Lower Decks that's ever been made, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm gonna I might surprise you here. It's my favorite episode so far of this <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of your love of the Betazoids, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just basically I was enjoying it. Like compared to the last couple of episodes, I thought the pacing was a bit better of this one. I was a bit more engaged and it felt like it had what I've put down as like a classic Star Trek kind of I don't mean classic Star Trek as in like old Star Trek, it's just sure. classic as in like a usual Star Trek kind of um story where there's sort of multiple things happening and everyone's kind of getting the wrong end of the stick of each one. But because of that, it's like causing everything to sort of escalate, which I think is very, especially TNG, it's very like a a, a Star Trek kind of um, storyline, which I liked. Yeah. I, I really like, I love, I, th- I think it might have been Jorg who said on Twitter that this is an episode that uses your Trek knowledge to wrong foot you. Yeah. You know, we spend the first half of the episode going, oh, Xanthi fever, fascination, DS9. And someone goes, actually, it's Bendai syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's quite like the joke works whether you've seen those episodes or not. But at the same time, it's like, you thought it was this, didn't you? <laughs> I also, I'm a sucker for basically to put like recognizing the voice actor in the show, as, as we know. Um, and I instantly recognized one of the um, Betazoids. I've forgotten her name now. I should have wrote it down. But she is in uh, the 90s, early 2000s sitcom Just Shoot Me, if you remember that being a thing. I do remember that. It had David Spade on it, and it was set in like a magazine office. Uh, Wendy Malik is her name, um, and she played one of the one of them. Um, she had the sort of raspier voice, <clears throat> and she was she was also in Emperor's New Groove um, as well. I um, love that movie. I love yeah. that movie so much. <laughs> she played uh, John Goodman's wife in it. She was that character, and I just hearing her voice straight away, I was like, ah, like it gives me that nostalgic feeling of like those old TV shows and films and stuff that I watched a lot when I was a kid. So that made me happy. I'm, I'm very surface level when it comes to what I enjoy in this show. Hundred percent. And rightly so. We need someone to be. Um, but yeah, like the guest cast, uh, Rachel Dratch and Janelle James as well, playing the other two. Mm. Like Janelle James, I had this funny moment of, there was like a couple of minutes where I was just like, now I know I know her voice. I can't. And then it just popped into my head. Oh my God, it's Principal Ava from Abbott Elementary. And I, I love Abbott Elementary. That was one of my like binge shows. And... Just the idea the idea of any of them really being in the Star Trek universe is brilliant. But yeah. oh, I was so happy. And of course, Rachel Dratch is brilliant. But like I I I've only relatively recently discovered Debbie Downer. 
Um, so it was just like the timing was was perfect. She's her uh, Saturday Night Live character from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was the other voice that was like, I really know that voice. And when I saw it, was her, I was like, I can't believe it's her. I haven't thought about this lady in such a long time. <laughs> Because you don't really see her much anymore. She was massive in the 90s and stuff, obviously, because of SNL. And I know she was in like an episode of um, of uh, that show that I watched recently that I've now forgotten completely. Ah, um, of course. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. That, that's the that oh, show. She, she right. was in that. But because that was very like SNL, met, like everyone from SNL was sort of in that. So, um, but yeah, that was fun. The, the, the people they get for the show is, is really fun. Right. I think it's. No, I might be very wrong, but it seems like the easiest one to make cameos for. Yeah, like you kind of have to when you're doing live action, sort of put a bit more effort into. All right, why do we have this person here this week, and will they require paying more? If yeah, they're on set. Um, well, talking about that, we'll, oh. we'll get onto it later. But there was a Star Trek thing that had lots of cameos recently. That was quite good, but we'll talk about that after this lower decks episode. Indeed, we will. <laughs> but uh my favorite joke and again usually if there's a joke i really like in this show it bumps up the score so this bumped up the score for me as well my favorite joke in this whole episode which which also made me go oh i, I really like this episode was at the end when they sort of turn away from the neutral zone and the romulans go oh that <laughs> really made me laugh <laughs> just thinking that they actually always want something to go wrong so they can they can get involved <laughs> I, I, I burst out laughing just burst <laughs> out laughing because it's like you know I, I love the gags with the with the Romulans this season loved the Andy Probert uh, concept Warbird that was in a couple of episodes ago um, uh, but like the I've been scheming your scheme will never out scheme my plan well my ploy is happening and I'm just like because it, it is the Romulans just it just is them and it's so fun and yes they'd all be waiting for someone to cross the neutral zone we'll go and lurk over by that section <laughs> oh my god sorry just brilliant um but that as well but I, I i just love poor ransom you know it's like you know hey baby i'm i'm available oh i'm not interested oh i can be cold and distant too <laughs> yeah. give me another chance it made me laugh because i remember i have a very specific memory from school where there was this, uh, uh, I was in sixth form and I was in film studies and there was this girl in my class who fancied like a guy who I sat next to and she would always make comments about it and blah, blah, blah. And one day, me being me, I was like, why don't you just ask him out if you fancy him? And she was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want him to know that I like him. Like if he liked me back, I would suddenly be turned off completely. And I just, I know that's a huge thing in life, but I was like, I don't understand that at all. What's the point? <laughs> I don't get it. But obviously, they love it, the Betasoids. <laughs> Yep, yep, and and you know it's it's the 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 many different levels that we have to jump through on our romantic journey. I don't know. I, I don't, <laughs> call call me simple, but if I like someone, I'm going to tell them, and if yeah. I don't like them, I'm going to awkwardly make conversation while I inch toward the fridge. <laughs> what did Boimler do in this episode? Because I can't remember. So Boimler was stressing, as he knows, always does. And then um, Rutherford signed him up to basically the security holistic um, program. So 
One of the great, uh, like a really, really great scene in this that I do think is going to be one of the ones that people don't think about as much because there's so much else going on um, is toward the end when Shaq says the job of security is to look after the, you know, the well-being of the ship and its crew. And he's saying this in the context of they've just done like all of this basically mental health training and, you know, looking after, he said, but like, it's not about making sure that the parts work. It's about making sure that the people who run the ship are just as well. And it's a, it's an aspect of security that's, I don't think, ever been discussed in Star yeah. Trek before. You know, certainly not like this. Um, you know, maybe Worf's calisthenics program. Um, <laughs> but it was really sweet. Um, and it is definitely, it is definitely the C plot of the episode. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's a few again, few really good gags, spoken word poetry uh, about Worf, um, you know, Klingon warrior, farm boy, just <laughs> you know, um, and some seriously deep cuts with the uh, the Bajoran tarot cards. Um, I uh, so for people listening along, so in the station observations, I, I you know I run through them all, and we get to one called uh, Borhaya which is a Bajoran ghost that was brought up in the episode, the next phase where um, at the time Ensign Rowe and Geordie get sort of beamed into this cloaked, um, you know, non-corporeal state. Yeah. Um, but I just want everyone to know just how long it took me to discover what a Borhaya was because <laughs> it took ages and I was delighted when I found it. And so I text the our our Trek culture group and I said I want everyone to know that a Borhaya is a Bajoran ghost and it was in this episode and this will become very relevant quite yeah. soon. Yeah, because that, that all that stuff just went over my head completely. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, they're doing Kara. That's cool. That was about it. Um, also, did, uh, did did you have you ever heard of the emissary? Uh, that was one of the cards as well. Uh, was it? You, might, you might not have heard of that one. <laughs> No, there was a, there was another card that was called Cisco, which I didn't quite understand. Yeah, yeah, or um, or like beige. No, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it I was, did like that uh, that plot. Like, I, it was nice to see Boimler uh, be like involved. Like people wanted him to be involved in something. There was something about that. I was like, oh, this is this was different. It's not him like fighting to get something or to to be involved in something. They they wanted him, and of course. The switches, they wanted him to be a part of it, and he was like, Oh, this is lame for most of it. Mm, um, of course, but it like, was nice. But this is Boimler. Boimler loves everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? So, out of 10, what are we thinking? I gave episode five a light seven. Is that your highest score <laughs> possibly ever? Not ever. It's definitely my highest for lower deck so far. I think my highest score for ever was like a strong eight. Um, which would have been Strange New Worlds, one of the episodes. I'm not sure. Probably those the strange cross- scientists. Yeah, the crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was a light seven. It was a strong a six for most of it, and then that Romulan joke at the end just bumped it up for me. And I went light seven. I'll g- I'll give it to you guys. He did a good job. Well done. Um, I love it. I love it. I'll. I'm going to piggyback off your score. I'm going to say seven as well. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Uh, it was really fun. Um and yeah, all three of the of the storylines worked for me. Um, even if one was a bit like 
blink and you'll miss it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, before before we move on, should we quickly talk about the latest very short short? Yes, and um, okay, so uh, holograms all the way down, written by um good friend of the channel Aaron Walkey. Uh, so I think it's safe to say that the very short tricks have been um not amazingly received um now but also one thing i i want i don't want to do is i want to say oh finally a good one it's not like that yeah and it's not i don't want to give backhanded compliments um this is legitimately funny and it rewards people who have been watching trek as long certainly as long as uh, uh, as we have and also look if you do, if if it is just a, a standalone little thing that's funny too so it, it works on that. We get some, we have some pretty bloody good cameos. Um, yeah. uh, there's no plot really. Um, it's you know kind of like it's kind of the it's a bit like um, next generation ship in a bottle. It's like, well, how how deep into the holodeck are we? How many holodeck yeah. programs are actually playing? Um, but but yeah, what 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 did you think? Yeah, well, I, I want to quickly say just for people who are listening that they might think this. Obviously, Aaron is a friend of ours, a friend of the channel. So we aren't we aren't saying we like it just because we like Aaron. Um, you know, if that was the case, we like Star Trek. We would have said that about all of them. We we generally, you know, hope this one would have been good and it was good. Um, so it all worked out, you know. And I and I did I was very surprised of how much I actually enjoyed it. I think it not it not really having a plot um, was a benefit for it because I think the others sort of, you know, didn't really have a plot, but they, they had sort of things going on, but they relied heavily on sort of one joke that normally was either stupid or sort of gross, and it never really landed for most people. The, the joke for this one was a Star Trek joke where the others was sort of something they sort of came up with that just vaguely fit with what they were talking about. This one was about a Star Trek thing. And and not only that, it was a basically a joke about the last episode of Enterprise, mm-hmm. uh, which they then just kept building on. When it first came on and I saw that's what they're doing, I was like, oh, cool, it's a joke about the Enterprise. And then it kept going. I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, it's this character. It's this character. We saw Prodigy, which was, I think, a big surprise for everybody. I mean, we I know we've sort of discussed it, a bit together and stuff. We we did think it was strange at first to see everyone was animated other than Prodigy, which was sort of just PNG cutouts and they were there. But I know you kind of spoke to Aaron and mm. it was just sort of a budgetary, but budgetary reason, right? Yeah, which is... And it's in, in the context of an episode like this, it kind of worked. Um, do you know what I mean? It kind of like the... Ah, it's grand. You know, this, yeah. this, this, it is like in this kind of animation style, like it kind of works for the joke of it. Um, but yeah, who do we we got? So in terms of voice, we got Connor Trenier, we got Jonathan Frakes, um, we got um Noel Wells, um, we got. Did we have Marina Sirtis as well? We didn't have Marina. We didn't. Um, know. we got Angus Imry from from Prodigy. Um, we got um we got George Takei. Yeah, which is yeah, a bit yeah. like. Sorry, I probably should have led with that. Um, <laughs> and we got Ethan Phillips, yay! Yeah. Uh, and Doug Jones. Um, oh, I'm miss. I'm missing an obvious one now. I know I am. Oh, Armin Shearman. 
Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. Um, I was chatting to Chris, and, and he had me laughing because he was making the point. It's like, well, hang on, you can get Armin Shimmerman for this, but you couldn't get him for the voice for the for the gift box and lower decks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, you know, well, yeah, valid point. And um, I bet because my theory, I don't know for certain, but my theory for this is that they tell everyone to record their voice lines at home. I can't imagine they're getting anyone yeah. to come out and record it, so they probably record it at home. Don't know if they send them. This is kind of stuff I think about. I don't know if they send them a microphone or not. Um, you would think they would all have good microphones, but mm. some celebrities don't. Um, so it's probably much easier for them to go, okay, I'm going to say this line, done, than actually going to a studio and that kind of thing. Very surprised. And it's just, and if they're all like this, they would be such like a, oh, this is fun kind of thing. Mm. Just every kind of every week going, what, they, what have they done now? And that was enjoyable. And then you don't have to think about it again. Or in the future, you can, you know, binge through them and just be like, I'm going to watch these again because they were they were a lot of fun. Now that we've discussed that, I would like to introduce to everyone our wonderful friend, Ben Robinson. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We would like to welcome our very special guest this week, Ben Robinson. How are you, sir? Thank you so much for joining. Oh, I'm, I'm very well. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, God, I, I mean, everyone in the model collecting community probably knows your name at this point. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> let's 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 just be honest. Um, but uh, you know, we it's it's been very exciting as well because while they're you know while Alas, what's you know, we, we were quite sad about what happened with Eagle Moss, but then that was by no means the end of the model making journey by but at all. Um, I suppose what can you tell us about what's happening with the future of Star Trek at the moment? Um I, well, not as much as I will be able to tell you by the end of the year. Um basically, I think everybody knows Master Replicas have been selling off the old stock. They found uh, a lot of it in a lot of different places, and they've been pulling it all together. 
Um, if you want to fill any gaps in your collection or, you know, you never managed to get an Excel or something like that, th this is the best, probably the best time to do it. Um, it, you know, you see some crazy prices on eBay. Um, and in fact, this week, are we going out this week? We're going out the second week, uh, second of October week. We uh, are indeed. They're going to have the really rare stuff. So the Maui, which I think has been going for like over a thousand bucks on eBay, which is just crazy. Um, they'll have that. They'll have the other variants of the Zhang Hei. They've got some other Excels come back in. They've got some books. So, you know, they, they're gradually unearthing stuff and getting it out. Um, but they've only got a certain amount of time um, for their license. So that will come to an end. Um, somebody else who has not yet announced, and I therefore can't say, uh, is going to be taking a license to make new ships. Um, and that's their focus. Um, and that's the bit that I hope I'll have news for by the end of the year. That is like, that is so, so obviously, I think we're all dusting off space on our shelf for <clears throat> Bryce G, uh, Titan A, um, everything from Picard, let's be real, um, and everything, and, and, um, oh, now there's something I don't, I, I, I'm going to ask, but I'm not expecting an answer is I'd love to know what's happening with the Prodigy stuff because, well, because we'd all love to know what's happening with Prodigy in general. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I mean, the the truth is, what will happen with it as models kind of depends on what happens with it with everything else. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I'm confident that at the very least, the stuff from the first season, so you know, the Protostar and the Dauntless will will get made. They may be not as high up the list as they would have been. Um, any ships that might be in the second season, I guess it's going to depend on on where that second season ends up being broadcast. I mean, I'm personally very confident that it will get seen somewhere. Mm. Um, mm. It's just, you know, obviously it was a strange change of strategy uh, for P Plus, and uh, you know, we just have to see how that works out. That would be like fingers fingers crossed, all of the things crossed. Because I think I think if we don't get a Voyager A, I'm pretty sure all of the fans will riot. I think it's it it, it would make perfect sense to someone to make a Voyager A, um, but I guess it needs to be seen properly um, yes. somewhere before we go too crazy about it. centuries you're listening to the federation news network so the news this week is it, it's more of there's as tends to happen uh something was said online and it then uh it went into the stratosphere uh so uh dave blass friend of the channel uh production designer of star trek picard season two season three um talk, talked about how ships would would have been up dated and upgraded uh, when Star Trek Legacy, if it takes off. Um, and of course, then we had people going, oh, this is the confirmation of Star Trek Legacy. It's happening. It's happening. Um, and then he quickly debunked that. So I guess the news is that while things are positive at the moment, the writer's strike has come to an end. Uh, that has been, or at least it's at voting stage now. It's all looking good. The SAG after strike is still very much happening. We don't have news over Star Trek Legacy. So, Ben, what can you tell us? I, I can tell you that we don't have news about Star Trek Legacy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, what I know is that Terry, um, in particular, Terry Metalis in particular, was very keen to do some stuff with those characters after the end of, of Picard Season 3. Um, 
I know that the original plan was that Picard would be wrapped up at the end of the third season. And that would be it. And, you know, Patrick is of uh, a certain age. He's incredibly fit, but it's incredibly demanding doing a show like that. So their expectation was that, you know, this is realistically going to be the end. Obviously, uh, it was very well received and Terry has ideas. And I, th- I think, honestly, that's where it is. I mean, that's that's my understanding that, you know, th- there was a is uh, another long term plan. So, you know, it has to fit in, would have to fit into that plan. And um, I'm sure they're thinking about it. But these things don't it's not like, oh, let's just do it. You know, it's like millions and millions of dollars of expenditure and making sure that everyone's available before you even get to what's it actually about and writing some scripts and uh, designing some sets. So, you know, it's obviously a thing that people will think about, but I, I don't think anyone should be expecting anything to happen like you know, in the next five minutes. Yeah, I, I think the the sort of headline that people were running with with this was uh, Picard production designer says time is running out to green light Terry Metalis's Star Trek legacy. I mean, in as much as it's always running out. I mean, um, you, you know, I think I don't think anybody's. Um, you know that that old um i don't think uh i mean there are advantages to to green lighting but i mean i guess you know someone would probably have said that time was running out to green light a new star trek series in 2006 you know i mean you know you're always on you're always in that that battle but you know they've got they're very committed to strange new worlds they're very very happy with strange new worlds Mm. um as they should be um uh, they've got stuff like academy show coming they've got section 31 which you know with an oscar winner for god's sake um and you know i think you know we know the original plans for section 31 was that it would be a series um now a tv movie i think there's reasons to think that the tv movie is a kind of way of testing the water to see whether there would be an appetite for something that's also not very core star trek Hmm. um so i you know it's it's not like um i i, I mean I'm, I'm very fond of dave but i i'm not sure that time is running out exactly i think you know people will take work i mean that's true you know dave dave it's running out for dave and terry perhaps to to work on it because you know they have other things to do other fish to fry um but you know that is the way of the world i think as well it's a real it's another example of the the, the Twitter headline, you know, our imaginations will make that into an essay, which is, you know, like, you know, Patrick Stewart has said he's leaving uh, all forms of showbiz and, um, you know, Marina Sirtis will never act again unless we greenlight it by Tuesday. Exactly. And, and, uh, and, you know, and, and with the strike and, and all the stuff that's been happening, and there's also a major realignment going on with the streamers as to, you know, they've all been spending a lot of money to try and get people to come and sign up. They've now kind of reached a point where they think, actually, we probably have got everyone to sign up. We can't afford to keep spending money like this. So, and that's obviously Prodigy is a, a victim of that um, change in strategy. Um, so we now just have to wait and see, you know, um, how much Star Trek um, P Plus wants to produce in a year. You know, I think I think at one point it looked like it might have been 52 episodes a year. Um, uh, you know, I don't think that's as likely now just because the world has changed. Um, but we're still getting more Star Trek than we have done for a very long time. 
that's a really good point as well. Like if we think back to the 90s or even and, it, you know, there was that crazy period where we had two new episodes a week for however much of the year. And it was incredible. It was great. And now you've got, look, you've got Lower Decks, you've got Strange New Worlds, we will have season five of Discovery as well. You know, from an ups and downs point of view, quite frankly, it's a lot of work. It is. Yeah, it's a huge amount of work for everyone, even for the fans, as you say. Uh, um, and actually, funny enough, I think that's nearly it for news. There's nothing crazy. Now, I did see that there, there's, because we've talked about this before, um, Patrick Stewart sort of mentioning he would like to do an undefined maybe a uh, Picard movie um, which would be fun it is I, it, it sounds like the kind of thing that was discussed over a coffee somewhere on the way to something yeah. else um, which is w- still would be great I mean I just I just can't wait to see Star Trek Picard The Wrath of Laris I think I, mean, I think what is true almost certainly is that people have seen you know the appetite for um a show that is about more than just one character, I guess, uh, set at the end of the kind of TNG era. So mm. I think it's almost inevitable now that at some point we will revisit that era and there will be a show set in the kind of post, post-Picard years. Um, I think Patrick, you know, basically got to the end of Picard and thought, actually, you know, I'm, I'm still enjoying this. I could do more of this. He's, you know, he, I think, you know, after Nemesis, he was probably pretty burnt out um, and, you know, thought he had other things to do. Um, and now that's maybe not as not as strong a feeling. Um, but he is also, you know, he's the same age as my mum. So <laughs> I know that, you know, and uh, it's it's very hard work. So um, I can see he would rather be, you know, do a movie or something where he's not in every scene. Yeah, I, I've been around, you know, on film st- sets and stuff like that. Um, and after about an hour, my back's killing me and I need to sit down. So I can't imagine <laughs> the amount of work he has to do. Is, is is fair amount. Long days, long days. I yeah. mean, I've been, you know, working on this book with the Narvas to you know, they were doing 16, 17 hour days sometimes back on the back on Deep Space or on, on Voyager. I mean, that's not even a, that's not even legal anymore. Um yeah. but it's still yeah, you know, it's still hard work. Um and just long and, and tiring. Yeah. Especially in that lycra as well. Oh, absolutely. Never. <laughs> just ten minutes in the lycra weighs you out. I remember, I think it was Marina Sirtis making a joke at one point saying, like, if you had a bean for lunch, it showed. So Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. They're all like, no, I don't want to do that scene after lunch. That's definitely true. It's a consistent thing with the uh, with the actresses. But it's okay, because the Star Trek future was very egalitarian and there was no different cut of any uniforms for anyone. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. whole other story. I mean, the book I've been working on with Anar, it's very much an Anar's book. Uh, um has it does talk about that kind of thing a lot um and you know the amount of padding um and shaping that went on underneath those costumes it's you know they they might appear to just be simple skin tight costumes but there's a lot lot more to them than that and there's definitely um you know a cultural change in the attitudes towards women and the way they're represented on screen and that's very much part of what that book's about I'm really, I'm really, I know it's, it's still, it's still a ways off yet, but I'm really excited for when that book drops. Um, uh, I mean, maybe this is like asking how long this piece of string, but what, what, what do you think? Or 
I, I think it's 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 been it's going to move back a little bit from the date that it's got at the moment, but I think it's about a year away. It's, we're just finishing up on the manuscript now, um, and yeah, yeah, everything takes time. Slow boats from China and all of that, uh, but I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a fascinating read. I think it's going to be really. Um, it's I hope it's really insightful, and a lot of people said things to us that I was like, oh yeah, yeah yeah, it didn't occur to me that that would be the case. But yeah, very much so. This will be the book that blows everything out of the water. We'll never watch any of uh, DS9 <laughs> the same way all. again. You <laughs> Not know. at all. I mean, it will change your view of the. It will change your view of things a little bit. I hope. But it's also, you know, it's it's a very positive story as well. It's a story of of of, of victory and of of how things change for women over the sort of sixty years of. Uh, of Star Trek being made, not just in Star Trek, but in the whole, you know, the whole industry. And then I was like, you know, just amazed by the the difference in the experience that the the women who are on the show have today. And and you know, really pleased that that's how it is. Now I know obviously that no, normally I'd love to keep you for hours and hours, but I know we're very we're we're uh, you're very generous with your time today. I know everyone has been uh, full disclosure. I will tell all of the, the listeners why things are slightly uh, tighter for time this week as normal. I will I'll, I'll do that. But um, would we like to now take a quick trip? to Cargo Bay 101. Um, I have been sitting here and puzzling about what I would put in there. (laughs) And I think I, reluctantly, because of Walter, I am going to put the 50-foot Vulcan from the animated series in there. (laughs) Um, So... This this so so this guy so um the infinite Vulcan which is a bonkers episode of the animated series sees it's, a, it's exactly what it says in the tin a fifty foot version of Spock is created by I want to say the no not the Philosophers themselves but the it is it resulted eugenics wars it's technology from the eugenics wars that gets used to create a, a clone fifty foot clone of Spock. And the reason for me it has to go in Cargo Bay 101 is because it's just, it breaks canon in all sorts of ways. It just pushes Star Trek into a kind of, I just don't believe that. It just it just pushes it into a kind of silliness that I I can't retcon or make sense of, or, you know, I, I just, I can, I can cope with dolphins in cetacean orbs. I, yeah, I can rationalise that, but 50 foot Vulcan just, yeah, it just pushes it for me too far. Tom, um, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> it's um, I can understand it. Obviously, my brain with the animated series has never. I, I'm not saying it's not canon. I'm just saying that my brain never really links the two things. I very much see it as like a separate thing, right? In my brain, um, but I mean, it has been referenced again in other Star Trek shows. So, um, there is there is something very funny about it. Uh, suddenly just seeing a giant Spock and just going, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll just have a giant Spock now. But I mean, yeah, it, if we are just doing, okay, let's just have a giant Spock now, then I guess we are losing some sort of um, some sort of seriousness that, you know, if we're going to do that, then why not do anything else? I mean, if we had a TNG episode that had a giant wharf, I wouldn't complain <laughs> it would be funny, <laughs> um, but uh, I can see your problem with it. Is anyone else now like wishing for the episode with the giant wharf? Because, because I kind of am. 
Um, I feel do, it would have been like the giant Wesley for some reason. I don't know why. It just feels like if anyone if it, was going to yeah. get made giant, it would be Wesley. And Wesley would do it himself. He would be like, oh, Captain, I've made myself really big. Yeah, I accidentally <laughs> pressed this button and this alien technology, and now I'm 50 foot tall. <laughs> I just like just just for that moment the withering look that you know Picard turns to Crusher and says seriously seriously yeah let's let him on the bridge nothing could go wrong um I I think I'm I will actually be with you on this because I have to undo the incredibly grim joke from the lower decks which is that hanging skeleton of giant Spock in the the collector's uh, well collection and I was just like but we were all at the time being like oh that's grim Oh, that's grim. Uh, so I think, yes, I am going to slam my hand down on this decompression button now. So anyone in Cargo Bay 101, get out of it and let us go. see what the lovely people of the online sphere universe yep that's a word uh have to say to us this week at ask trek culture yes uh, we've got a couple of uh questions here today for the ask trek culture section uh let's see which one i'm going to do 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 okay this is an interesting one because i haven't got a clue so i thought you might have some sort of answer this is from our friend uh, at wayne photo uh, his question is, what is your favourite sport that has been talked about or created in the Star Trek universe? Um, So created for, so I can't do darts. Um, that is actually a good question. Um, <laughs> I like Anbu Jitsu just because it looks so bloody silly. Um, is that the... the... The sticks where, yeah, you, you cover your eyes. So basically yeah. it's, yeah. Um we often we often hear about Parisi squares, but we've never actually seen a match of it. Uh, so it could be incredible or really dull. Although people die playing Parisi squares, so <laughs> probably not. Oh, I feel like I'm missing really obvious ones now. Um, I know that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I bet there's loads. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I'm gonna. Go- Velocity is good fun as well. That's um, Janeway and Seven shooting the thing in the uh, holodeck. Um, yeah. It's also violent. Stratagema. I realize it's a game and not a, a sport, but um, I, 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 uh, hunting Neelix for sport. No, um, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, and bujitsu. There, there, that's my answer. Okay, I'm gonna go with Ferengi bowling. It's where you put your fingers in their big ears and you bowl them. That's horrific. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. yeah, Ben. I want to say thank you very much for your time. Um, you have been wonderful as always. Where is the best place to stay up to you to, to stay up to date on model updates, novel updates, everything? Um, well, the best. I mean, sign up for the Master Replicas uh, newsletter. They'll tell you what's coming out every week. Uh, we're getting to a stage now where a load of stuff is still on the site, so you know you'll be able to find things rather than just waiting for them to come in that week, finding they've sold out and you couldn't get them. You know, as more stock arrives, that's becoming more secure. Um, other things, obviously, Fan Home is the place for people building the big build-up enterprise, um, and you know, I think they have a, an ongoing commitment to Star Trek. 
Um, and then, you know, I do my best to tell people what's going on. So if you look for me on what I'm not supposed to call Twitter anymore, I guess, um, uh, Twitter. it's the easiest place to find me. Um, so yeah, any of those places are, are good and I recommend, and obviously we'll come and tell you when there's anything to tell. Excellent. Cool. So, uh, right. Everyone follow Ben, make sure you follow following us at Triculture. We're on Twitter. We're at Triculture YT on Instagram. We are on Blue Sky as well at Triculture. Um, and uh, we're obviously on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing. Uh, I'm Sean. I've been joined, as always, by my lovely host, Tom. Everyone is wonderful. So make sure that you live long and prosper. Thanks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.